and welcome to the Wealth Guardians radio show. I'm your host, Doug Ray, and I appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. Bryce Payne's here in the studio with me. Hey, Bryce, what's going on? How you doing, Doug? Getting ready for a little uh, trip to Colorado. How are you? I'm doing well. Looking forward to the 4th of July break. So you're going out to Colorado. Absolutely. And it looks like they've got enough uh, precipitation out there that they will actually be able to do fireworks off the Pikes Peak this year. Oh, good, good. Yeah, a lot of years they can't do that because it's so dry out oh, there. Well, I saw they had two feet of snow out there this past week. Yeah, and that was just in one day. So who knows what they'll get by the time I'm out there. Exactly. All right. For those of you new to this show, Ray Financial and the Wealth Guardians is a local independent firm. And we work with folks who are seven to ten years from retirement as well as those who are already retired. And most people don't know how to turn their retirement savings accounts into steady flow of income once they're not drawing that paycheck anymore. You know, I focused my practice on retirement income planning, well, for the last 20 years or so. And history shows there's two powerful truths when it comes to finances and retirement. Number one, what got you to retirement will not necessarily get you through retirement. And maybe most importantly, number two, Losses mean more than gains in retirement once you aren't drawing that paycheck. Very true, Doug. And one thing that I always bring to our listeners' attention, we practice as fiduciaries at the Wealth Guardians, which means we are required to make recommendations that are solely in your best interest, not ours. And be warned, not every advisor out there practices as fiduciaries. So keep that in mind. Well, Bryce, before we get started, I want to take a moment to salute our military, our first responders, their families for everything they do for us, all the sacrifices they make. Thank you, folks. We really appreciate you. Absolutely. And on this weekend, approaching Fourth of July, particularly, thank you to everybody out there who has served and sacrificed for the betterment of our country. We appreciate it. Well, Doug, let's start the show today by telling you the story of Kane Tanaka. Now, Kane was born on January 2nd. 1903, which, by the way, was the same year the Wright brothers achieved their first flight. And I'll do the math for you. Kane has celebrated her 116th birthday, and according to the Guinness Book of World Records, as of March 2019, Kane is now the oldest person in the world living today. As a little facts about Kane, she married her husband four days before turning 19, having never met him previously. That was a common practice in Japan at the time. They went on to run a family business, have four children, and adopt a fifth. Now let's fast forward to 2019. Kane now lives in a nursing facility in Japan and is a master at the board game Othello. Doug, you know what Othello is? Not really. Tell me about it. It's a little bit like checkers. You flip flip little pieces over black and white, and you try to get as many of your colors as you can. Anyway, it's, it's not an easy game to master is my point. Uh, interestingly enough, she loves to eat sweets and three coffee drinks a day. And another funny thing, she was given a box of chocolates at the Guinness World Records ceremony, and she promptly started eating them right then and there. <laughs> so the story of Kane Tanaka is yet another reminder that all of us are living longer than our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents did. But it also serves as a gentle nudge on how longevity plays a key role in planning for retirement. Now, you make the unfortunate mistake of underestimating how long you'll live, and it's a surefire recipe to go broke in retirement. And that's obviously not the way anyone wants to live out the final chapter of their life. So the question is, is it possible you could live to celebrate your 100th birthday? Now, one thing's for sure. Momentum is on your side. 
But in our show today, coming up, we're going to reveal why longevity plays such a key role in planning for retirement, plus how you could help ensure your money lasts as long as you do. Well, you know, it's it's pretty obvious that if, if you know the date of your death, retirement planning would be a breeze. If not boring. Yeah, unfortunately, but maybe fortunately, we don't know when we're going to pass. That can make planning uh, for retirement extremely difficult. You know, does your nest egg need to last 20 years, 30, maybe 40 years? And what about a couple? You know, how should a couple go about planning for the likelihood that one spouse, usually us guys, mm-hmm. will predecease the other? And if you're like most people, you're guessing at this and, you know, potentially guessing quite wrong. Right. Noel Abkemeyer, the founder of Abkemeyer Actuarial and chair of the American Academy of Actuaries Lifetime Income Task Force, says there's two aspects to addressing longevity. First, understanding it, and then planning an income that will last throughout your life. Yeah, and plus, Doug, I, th- I think we can all agree that there have been significant improvements in how long people survive in retirement, especially for the wealthier Americans. Now, Dave Blanchett, the head of retirement research at Morningstar Investment Management, brings some points to our attention that I want to go over. Consider this. Someone born in 1950 was expected to live to age 68.2. By contrast, somebody born in 2014 is expected to live to age 78.8, and that's according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. In other words, someone born today will need to fund an extra 10 years of retirement versus someone born 66 years ago. That's, that's something to stop and think about, particularly when we're in our field. What's more, life expectancy for those alive at age 65 has also increased dramatically. For example, in 1950, a 65-year-old male could expect to live another 12.8 years. But in 2014, a 65-year-old male could expect to live an average of 18 more years. And the same is true for women. In 1950, a 65-year-old woman could expect to live another 15 years. But by 2014, a 65-year-old woman can expect to live another 20.5 years. And if you're curious yourself about your own life expectancy, you might want to check out the Living to 100 Expectancy Calculator at livingto100.com. You can find out some interesting things there. Have you ever gone on that website? I have. Yep. Yeah, me too. I did it a couple of years ago, and it, uh, it's interesting how it, it does all that calculation. It got me to 94. How about you? It got me, though my father passed away due to an accident, and that's one of the key things that they that kind of throws things off. But I got to 95. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, you know, it stands to reason that because these changes in life expectancy, financial advisors like us are starting to change our assumptions about how long clients will live and make sure that their savings don't run out on them. So according to a survey by the Investment News, a lot of advisors are basing retirement income plans on an average lifespan of 91 for men and 94 for women. But there's one big drawback when using life expectancy to plan for retirement is it's just an average because, you know, half are going to die before life expectancies and then the other half afterwards. So a better way to approach the problem is consider the probability of living to a certain age. Okay. Uh, for example, there's a 25% chance that a 65-year-old man will make it to 93, a 25% chance that a 65-year-old woman is going to make it to 96, and for a couple that's 65, there's a 25% chance that the surviving spouse makes it to 98. Hmm. 
So it makes sense for people and planners to use a fixed time horizon, such as, say, 95. Now, you know, Bryce and I, in our practice, we use a benchmark of 100 Mm -hmm. to cover both spouses. And I know when people come in and we tell them that, they giggle and laugh and they say stuff like, I'll never make it to 100. But you know what? That's okay because if we plan things to 100 and we get you through 100, then we've covered 95% of the probability. So, you know, if you're 65 today, if you're a couple 65, there's a 45% chance that a wife outlives her husband by five years and a 20% chance she'll outlive him by 15 years. And if you want your assets to last, you got to plan for that second-to-die spouse. And, Doug, we've got a couple of case studies, uh, even just in, in recent memory, that have fallen in these lines. For example, the uh, Jane, who you met with yesterday, one of our clients. Yeah, you know, you, you never know. I mean, uh, this was an annual review, um, actually a bit early, but uh, we met with her last year. And uh, she and her husband were well in, into retirement. Uh, her husband's a bit older than her. He's a Korean War veteran. And uh, last year, he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And, of course, that's, that's progressing. And Jane is, uh, I guess she's probably close to 70 now. And, of course, we've been planning for her to live well into her 90s. Well, unfortunately, she's just been diagnosed with breast cancer now. You know, they've caught it early, and and hopefully uh, she'll get through this just fine. But, you know, there's all kinds of uh, things you have to to plan for in in retirement planning. And, you know, when God throws you that curveball like Alzheimer's or cancer or something like that, that's got to be a part of the the plan. And, you know, no retirement plan would be uh, complete without some sort of long-term care planning involved. That's very true. And we've been talking so far about living longer, but what we haven't really addressed is how in those later years, it's not like we're living healthy, carefree lives up into our 90s. Our health deteriorates, and when our health deteriorates, that means more doctor visits and more expenses that you have to plan for. Yeah, and you know, you got to face it. I mean, the longer you live, the frailer you're going to get. I mean, that's just the way life is. And, you know, I experienced this firsthand with my wife's grandparents uh, being Pop-Up, and I've talked about them mm-hmm. on the radio show for years because Pop-Up made it to 104 and B made it to 99. And they were very healthy well into their latter years. In fact, Pop-Up, he was driving at 102. My gosh. And, uh, and, and B, um, well, she, she developed uh, dementia and then Alzheimer's, and, and, and she passed away at, at, at 99. But really, for most of their lives, they were very healthy and, and active. Um, now, in Pop-Up's situation, he, was a, uh, he retired as a, a post inspector so he had a nice pension and social security and uh, you know I've joked about it many times his his pension by the time he, he passed away was multiples bigger than his active duty uh, salary um, so they were well taken care of and you know most folks now are not that fortunate they don't have pensions that have cost of living adjustments so planning uh, your retirement to 20 30 even 40 years is is almost a must right and one thing that you want to bring up is we like to think that we're going to if we live into our ni- say 95 that we're going to be 
uh, healthy up until 94 and a half and then just a little bit of sickness and then we're, we're gone. Unfortunately, that's not the way it works. We deteriorate over time, uh, for lack of a better word, and those last years do cost us significant amounts of money, and you have to plan for that in retirement as well, not just living long, but the uh, greater expense of living longer as well. Um, and just to put a, a finer point on it, and the pun is absolutely intended here, but the million-dollar question becomes how to manage longevity risk and make sure your money lasts at least as long as you do, even with those increasing expenses in the final years. Now, folks, we are up against a quick break, but stay tuned because in the second half of the show this morning, we're going to talk about that in detail. Get started on minimizing your longevity risk now. Go to our website and download our free report, Five Things Your Retirement Plan Must Have to Succeed. Just go to our website, thewealthguardians.com, click on the media page and download it. If you like what you're hearing, consider checking out our Facebook page and liking us on our Wealth Guardians Radio Facebook page. And we'll be right back after this quick break. Welcome back to the Wealth Guardians Radio Show. I'm Bryce Payne, and thanks for joining us today on the Wealth Guardian Show. Folks, if you were born at the turn of the century, meaning the 20th century, the average life expectancy was not much more than 50 years old at that time. But Kane Tanaka, who was born in 1903, just celebrated her 116th birthday. This serves as a great reminder that we're all living longer than ever before, and you need to plan that last 30 or 40 years or even possibly longer. Is it possible you could live well into your 80s or 90s or even celebrate your 100th birthday? In this segment, we're going to discuss strategies that could help ensure your money lasts as long as you do. But before we get into that, I want to mention that for our listeners who are five to seven years from retirement and they want to confirm that they're making the best decisions for retirement income that they can't outlive, Doug and I offer a no-cost, no-obligation second opinion to make sure that you are indeed on the right path for that. All you have to do is pick up that phone and give us a call at 336-391-3409 or visit us on our website, www.thewealthguardians.com. Doug? You know, Bryce, I was just sitting here thinking about Kane. Can you imagine what she has lived through, everything she's seen? I mean, the Wright Brothers' first flight, two world wars, Korean-Vietnam War, man on the moon. I mean, my goodness, yeah, 116 going, years of witnessing stuff we read about in our history books. Only about 66 years between the Wright Brothers and actually making it to the moon. That is mind-boggling. Yeah, One generation. It's, it's crazy. It really is. You know, Bryce, our listeners are pretty smart folks, and I think we all understand the importance of creating a retirement plan and saving to ensure that we'll have enough to live on once we stop working. In the last segment, we talked about the average life expectancy for males is 84, and for females it's 86. But one in four will live past the age of 90, and one in 10 past 95. Based on these numbers, your retirement could easily last 30 years instead of 20 years. That requires extra planning, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Those 10 years could make or break you financially, so it's crucial that you plan for longevity, risk, and make necessary adjustments. 
Wise planning starts with a realistic expectation of life expectancy using life expectancy tables as well as considering your personal situation and your family health history. You know, because it'd be much worse to outlive your money than the other way around. It's also essential to factor in five to ten extra years to your number so that you're going to be covered through the end of life. And this also adds a hedge for unexpected medical expenses like long-term care, like we were talking about before. Yeah, so Doug, let's let's get into the details of some time-honored strategies for how to manage longevity risk and minimize your chance of outliving your money. Yeah, let's do, Bryce. So the first strategy focuses on creating income to cover your basic fixed needs like food, housing, uh, real estate taxes, uh, utility bills, that kind of thing. And we can do that by maximizing your Social Security so that you can get the most lifetime benefit. Social Security will pay month in, month out for as long as you live, and that applies to whether you're married, widowed, or divorced. And in addition, maximizing your Social Security, there are gaps in your income bucket. So in other words, if your fixed cost are more than your Social Security check, and most likely they're going to be, right. we can position some of your retirement savings dollars into vehicles that produce income that's protected from loss in the market. There's several ways to do that. One of the most common, and one we use regularly, is the use of a fixed indexed annuity. Now, let me just briefly go through those benefits. In our planning, we use an indexed annuity to replace the bond side of a portfolio. They give us the growth and income we need through indexing strategies, yet at the same time, even though we've got market growth potential, we have absolutely no loss potential in an indexed annuity. So it can hedge uh, the income side of your needs as well as the equity side of the portfolio. Now, let me talk about Ken Fisher's mentality just a minute, because everybody's heard Ken Fisher's ads. I hate annuities. And you should, too. Yeah, Yeah. right. So, you know, that begs the question, do you hate your Social Security check? That's an annuity. And if you're lucky enough to have a pension, that's an annuity. That's an annuity, too. So has anyone said, uh, you know, I got a pension and I hate it? Yeah, I don't want that. So anyway, that you know, Ken Fisher's out there. He's a he's just a big mouth spokesperson for you know his firm, which is it's okay. But uh, you know, there is a time and place for just about every investment. And if you if you say something like you hate a certain investment, well, you know that's just not uh, proper financial planning. And in my opinion, Bryce, maybe you agree or disagree. It's not the fiduciary way, is it? No, it's it's absolutely not. And it's uh, you would you would expect a BMW dealer to say I hate Mercedes or vice versa. Well, that's because they don't sell Mercedes. Likewise, Ken Fisher does not touch annuities because that's not what he sells, so he's going to rail against them. But as you said, Doug, there is absolutely a time and place out there for certain types of annuities, not all types, but certain types out there do make absolute sense for what our clients' needs are. So I guess the takeaway here is, Ken Fisher aside, many retirement specialists agree that given the need to plan for longevity and a retirement that could last 30 or even 40 years, There's a strong case for guaranteed retirement income solutions on top of the guaranteed income received from Social Security, right? That's exactly right. And it's key to minimize your longevity risk by creating income to cover all your fixed costs at just a very minimum. 
Okay. So we, we've, we've now got covered guaranteed income. What's the next hedge against longevity that our listeners need to consider, Doug? Well, it's also ideal to have a growth bucket that allows for participation in the stock market, and that's going to grow some of your money at a rate to outpace inflation, even when you need to start withdrawing from it. Okay. You know, the game changes as you enter pre-retirement and retirement years. You shift from being a your prime accumulation mode to being in a prime preservation, protection, and distribution mode of life. Right. You're still going to need growth on those investments, but the main objective needs to be to prevent major drawdowns or losses in your investment portfolio. I always tell people losses mean more than gains when you're in or uh, close to retirement. You can't take any big hits in your pre-retirement years at all. That's going to wreak havoc with your withdrawal rate. And to prevent and continue to create growth on those assets, you need proper risk management systems. Traditional asset allocation, buy and hold, these target date fund approaches, they're just not going to work. They're just not going to be able to adjust consistently to the changing investment environment. You need to have a scientific, rules-based, tactical, active risk management system in place that will constantly adjust your growth bucket to adapt to current market conditions, keep it stable at all times, no matter what the overall type of market environment we're in, whether it's a bull or it's a bear. And Doug, what you're talking about there is the difference between strategic management and tactical management. Strategic management, another term, is buy and hold, which is what your your vanguards, your T. Rowe prices, your fidelities, what they all preach is buy and hold, don't worry about what the market's doing, have a well-balanced portfolio, and just let it ride up and down. And as I, we, we tell our clients, that, that might make sense when you're in your 20s, your 30s, or maybe even your early 40s, but you can't ride the market down as you're only a few months or years away from retirement. You have to start protecting it. As you said, you're getting ready to flip that switch from asset accumulation to asset protection and then asset distribution. And those are very different strategies that you have to employ. Uh, So what we've done is we've covered income for the fixed cost. Uh, We've positioned protected growth funds for the fun stuff. What else do we need to do to focus on to minimize the risk of living in retirement for 30 or 40 more years? Well, you know, finally, as we get close to the end of the show, you got to consider health care and the probability of an extended care health situation. Right. Yeah. You know, most people don't realize how much of a challenge health care costs in retirement can be. The costs are high, and they don't show any signs of slowing down. An average couple in retirement could pay something around $250,000 out of pocket during their lifetime for these health care costs. So it's got to be addressed. Medicare is going to be your primary insurance, but Medicare doesn't pay all the expenses. You know, it generally pays about 80%. And to get an affordable MedSup plan to cover the other 20% has got to be addressed as well. You know, again, the best plan depends on circumstances like income, health history. And we've got a partner in our, in our business that will cover these MedSup and, and even some long-term care uh, insurance situations if you, if you want to have a chat with Bonnie about that. And again, long-term care is not covered by Medicare, and a lot of people just simply don't understand that. There's policies out there that can cover those costs and protect other retirement accounts, 
and if not used or needed, can be passed on to heirs like other investments. Those are asset-based long-term care. And those are key. Those are huge. As we wrap up today's show, I just want to remind our listeners that if you make the unfortunate mistake of underestimating how long you'll live in retirement, that's a surefire recipe that you're going to go broke in retirement. And there's no way to live out that final chapter of your life broke and destitute. Just no way to live. The statistics are crystal clear. We're living longer than ever before. And you have a good chance you're going to live well into your 80s or your 90s. You could even join the ranks of hundreds of thousands of others who celebrated their 100th birthday. The question is, how are you going to pay for it? And Doug, you and I know that every situation out there is unique, and that's exactly why we like to offer anyone out there who has done some retirement planning on their own to come in and sit down with us for a no-cost, no-obligation, second opinion and review. We'll see if we can identify areas where we can offer options to minimize your longevity risk and provide for that 30 or 40 years of retirement income, more tax efficiency, social security optimization, as well as risk mitigation strategies. Let us show you how to retire the job and keep that paycheck. Give us a call at 336-391-3409 or online at www.thewealthguardians.com. We look forward to hearing from you. And again, thanks for listening. And we'll be here again next week on the Wealth Guardians Radio Show. 